to pick up on something I touched on, I only just touched on last week in the story of Jonah. And my message this morning is actually titled, Capturing the Heart of God. So I think we've been already a long way toward that this morning. Now, I'm not going to go over the whole story of Jonah and Fall again this week, but for those of you who weren't here, here is a brief overview. God asked his prophet Jonah to go to Nineveh and tell the wicked people there that their wickedness had come before God. Nineveh was to the northeast, so Jonah buys a passage on a ship and heads west as far left as he can get from where um, Nineveh is. There's a huge storm stirred up by God. The sailors know that Jonah is responsible. They chuck him overboard, and God provides a huge big fish to swallow him up. While he is in the belly of this fish, Jonah prays this prayer, and it's in Jonah chapter 2. Now, sometimes I will have the scripture up on the data projector, and sometimes I won't, because I don't want you to get out of habit of bringing your own Bibles to church, because, you know, I could be saying anything, I could type anything out and put on that scripture, and it's not good. You need to keep checking that the things I am saying are the things that the Bible says. So is everybody good with that? So this morning I can hear a lot of rustling of paper and flipping and swiping of cells, can I? So from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said... In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters, waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred my way forever. I love the wording in this prayer. I love it. I'm someone who loves words, and so this prayer really fascinates me. The engulfing waters. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. You can see it, can't you? To the roots of the mountains I sank. All these wonderful, wonderful words, but the ones that should be there are obviously missing. Our Lord, I am sorry for my stubbornness, my hard heart. I do not as you love. Are they anywhere in Jonah's prayer? No true repentance, just a whole lot of clever prose, self-pity, convincing himself he is a victim. 
It's all God's fault for trying to send him to Nineveh in the first place. God, in his mercy and grace, then has this large fish spew Jonah up onto the beach. And again, God gives him the instruction to go to Nineveh. And it says in the NIV that Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. So off he goes to Nineveh and tells the people they're going to be overthrown. They repent. God listens to God listens and in his grace and mercy does not smote the Ninevites. Listen to how Jonah reacted. Chapter 4. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I know that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah knew God's heart, but he himself did not have the heart of God. As you read on through um, the rest of chapter 4, you will discover more of um, both God's heart and of Jonah's heart. We discussed all this last week about the vine and the no vine and all of that, so I'm just not going to go into that again this week. Jonah knew God's heart was full of graciousness, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. But on the other hand, Jonah's heart was fearful, selfish, spiteful, and proud. He put on a show of obedience to cover a seething internal mutiny. Now, the trouble with the story of Jonah, if we are honest, reflects back to us pieces of ourselves. Ouch. To captivate the heart of God for our heart, we need to give him our heart of flesh with all its pain, all its bitterness, all its resentments, all its self-pities, all those things that the natural heart can carry around. We need to give it to God. He can't deal with it if we won't give it to him. The wonderful attributes of God that Jonah wanted to withhold from the Ninevites, he himself had been taking for granted. God's love, mercy, compassion and grace. They are all the things God showed to Jonah. You know, when the sailors chucked him overboard, he could have drowned. God could have raised up one of his other prophets and they could have gone to Nineveh. But that's not God. God's heart is gracious, full of compassion, the God of the second chance. And he gives them a second chance and he obeys. But with an absolutely stinking attitude and I need to ask the question this morning how is your attitude how's your heart attitude how is my heart attitude God bluntly confronted Jonah with the reality of his disobedience the pettiness 
for his demand for comfort and the sinfulness of his blatant disregard for others. And fortunately, God will be just as blunt with us if, when, it is needed. And I praise God for that. I praise God for the times that he has pulled me up short and said, Jocelyn, this is not okay. He won't hesitate to shatter our comfort if that puts us in a better place to meet with him. As long as we are surrounded by our own sense of control and importance, we will not be able to know God as God truly is. Jonah knew God's heart, but he did not have God's heart. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that you are permeating this place this morning. Thank you that you are taking these words and causing them to bear fruit in each one of us here. Oh, thank you for your word. Thank you, it is life, it is light, it is freedom. Thank you that obedience to you is the best plan. Nothing, nothing, nothing compares with you and your plan for each of our lives. I pray for each of us here this morning that we will give over our hearts fully to you. You say, your word says that you will take our heart of stone and give us back hearts of flesh. May each of us have a heart after your heart, a truly gracious, compassionate, slow to anger heart, abounding in love. I fully give over my heart to you today to have your way and make me like you. Church, if that is what you want, then I invite you to say amen with me. Amen. You know, you can't help but feel sorry for poor old Jonah, can you? When he took off to Tashish, Tashish, it's a hard word to say, Tashish, um, he had no clue that all these hundreds of years later, we would still be talking about him and the fact he was so blatantly disobedient and then when he decided to finally obey God, we're all picking his stink attitude to bits. Poor old Jonah. I wonder how history would be talking about us in hundreds of years to come. Please keep in mind the title of this message we are looking at is Capturing the Heart of God. And I ask again, how's your heart this morning? How's your heart attitude? We used to have this dear lady um, in one of our churches, and man, she had a stinking heart attitude. She really did. And she knew it. She knew it. She'd say it herself. So every time on a Sunday morning, I'd go up to her and I'd say, how's your heart attitude today? She said, oh, stinking, but by the time you two have finished with me today, I bet it'll be better. And anyway, she used to come around, because we were on a very low income in this church. So on a Friday, when she bought a groceries, she would buy treats for my kids, a bag of chippies, a bottle of fizz, all this stuff. 
disgusting. Anyway, I'd hear her coming around the house Friday morning, and as she'd walk up the path, muttering, "Oh, how your hard attitude! You better get that sorted out before you get inside." You know, it became a joke. She was the most beautiful, beautiful lady. Um, but you know what? If your hard attitude isn't right, you're missing out. You're missing out. God has given us hearts to be filled up with love as his heart is filled up with love. So old Jonah, he had a stinking heart attitude. King David, on the other hand, is recorded twice in the Bible as being a man after God's own heart. And you can find that for those taking notes in 1 Samuel 13 verse 4 and in Acts 13 verse 4. So David is recorded as having a heart after God, and yet he was not perfect. He was His life was full of ups and downs. He got so many things wrong. We know because we're still talking about David hundreds of years after he did it. Poor guy has a few slip-ups, and we're still talking about it. Please, no one's going to still be talking about my slip-ups in hundreds of years time. You know, he committed adultery. He ordered murder. He didn't discipline his kids properly when they needed it with devastating consequences. So why was he described as having a heart after God? It was the love he carried. An example is when King Saul died, King Saul on numerous occasions in jealous rages had tried to kill David. When Saul died, David mourned for him. He wrote the most beautiful lament. His heart genuinely mourned for this king who had died. That is one of the major differences between Jonah and David. Jonah wanted his enemies smoted. David wept and grieved when his was killed. Another is when Nathaniel the prophet confronted David with his sin, he was bereft and so grieved before God, he cried, against you and only you have I sinned, Lord. His repentance and, re and cry to God is heart-wrenching, and it was wrenching his heart. And we read that in Psalm 51. So flick with me to Psalm 51. Yeah. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. 
Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What a different prayer to the one that Jonah prayed. The book of Jonah, this is what that clip said last week that we watched. The book of Jonah is a mirror held up to receive, reveal ourself to ourself. Are we going to live like Jonah with bitterness, judgment, rebellion and self-pity? Wanting what we want, only carrying out God's will if it suits us? taking God's love for granted and deciding who is worthy of his forgiveness and who isn't, who gets the grace and who doesn't, or are we going to allow the Holy Spirit full access to our hearts to shape us, to mould and build our hearts of God within us? I know this is sounding heavy, but if we are going to get hearts after God's heart, then we need to get rid of all this other stuff that is in our hearts to be able to be filled up with God's heart. And how do we get rid of this stuff? We give it to God. We give it to God. You know, I'll let, just put some legs on this. You're having a conversation with someone and you react, and you get a bit snippy, and you get a bit snappy. And instead of going away and justifying, saying, oh, well, they deserved it anyway, they shouldn't have said that to me, the thing to do is to say, God, I did not have a heart of love in that situation. I do not know why I have reacted in that way. I am asking you, Holy Spirit, to come and shine your light in me and give me your heart. I don't want this filth in mine. And he will do it. He will do it. You know, if you're in gossiping with someone, of course none of us do because Christians don't gossip. They share in love so we can pray intelligently for people. You're gossiping for someone, with someone, and you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. But you just got to keep going because you've got a juicy bit that they don't know. And afterwards, you are convicted. You know you should not have said it. And so you repent. You tell God you are... This, is, of course, is if you genuinely are sorry. You tell him you are genuinely sorry. You ask for him to forgive you and... This is what I did. I asked him to put Psalm 139 verse 4 into action. That scripture says, Before a word is on my lips, you know it full well. 
And I ask him, when I am going to gossip again, Lord, would you please let me know before those words come out of my mouth? And you know what? He will do it. He will do it. That's just some practical things because it's easy to say these things. God loves us so much. Oh, my gosh, this morning in the worship, who needs proof? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son so that all who believe in him will not perish but will have eternal life. He loves the world. The power behind the kingdom of God is love. The Bible is full of testimony to the unending, never-failing love of God. God's heart is full of compassion, grace, mercy, and love. I don't know about you, but that's my desire for my heart. That's what I want my heart to be like. That I would love as he does. It doesn't mean that wrong will be ignored, but the purpose behind all the discipline is to turn a heart back to God's love, never to destroy it, never to come away leaving someone a broken mess because you spoke into their life, but bringing that restoration. If you are struggling to trust God in an area and are not being obedient, you need to answer the question, why? Say to God, why do I have this little nudge towards rebellion? I'm being gracious here and saying a nudge towards rebellion. I hope nobody in here is full of rebellion. If you are, be convicted this morning and deal with it. Um, so ask a Holy Spirit, what's the real reason for my disobedience? Why do I behave like this? Then when you discover what it is, Look it in the face and deny it access to your life. Because it's not coming from God, it's coming from the enemy. The peace, freedom and light that you come into will amaze you. There are no words to describe it. You will never know how faithful God is until you have put your trust in him and let him prove his faithfulness to you. I tell you what, once you've done it, You'll never struggle to trust him again because you will know. You will know in your knower, not just words in your head. You will know in your knower, our God is trustworthy, our God is faithful, our God has my best interests at heart. You know, maybe you're a bit worried about your own comfort. Or maybe if you are really honest, you don't really care about the people he wants you to fellowship with. Or help out. Anyway, you don't really think they deserve God's goodness. Well, let me tell you a story. I was on holiday, staying with a friend, and I caught up with another friend while I was there. All the people in the story are Christians. The friend I went to catch up with was going through a pretty rough time and she was going to counselling. And I had a deep unease about the counselling she was getting. 
Please hear me, I am not dissing counselling. This is a one-off story I'm telling you about. When I left and went back to the other friend's place, I started to pray and I said, God, why do I have no peace? And he said to me, if she continues with the counselling she is getting, she will end up in a lesbian relationship with her counsellor and I want you to go and tell her. Like Jonah, I left the Tarshish because I couldn't go and tell her, God, what will she think of me? See, I was worried about me. She won't want to be my friend anymore if I go and tell her this. So instead of being obedient to God and going and telling my friend she was in danger, I prayed for her. I rebuked lesbian spirits. I did all the warfare. I spoke scriptures into her in the atmosphere. I did everything except go and tell her. As I was driving home, God said to me, you care more about yourself than you care about the sin that lady's going to go into. Oh my gosh, did I repent. I couldn't go on my face because I was driving in traffic, but I repented. I cried out to God and when soon as I got home, before I unpacked the car, I wrote that lady a letter before internet. Apologise for my disobedience and I even said to her, I know this will probably affect our friendship but I care more about you now than I do about our friendship. Within a week, I got a letter back from that lady saying to me, you were spot on. I can see where that counselling was going. And as far as I'm concerned, any friend that cared enough to let me know will always be my friend. I tell you this. Because I was totally disobedient. That's the one and only time I have that I can ever, or that I've ever been convicted of, where I was disobedient to God. Well, okay, there's been other times when he says, you're actually gossiping, Jocelyn, and, you know, I keep on going. But, you know, I'm talking about a major thing here. But that's how easy it is. I thank God he was so blunt with me. I thank him for my friend's sake who is now back on fire for God and doing great things for God. But you see, if God has to be blunt with you, he will be blunt with you and praise God for his bluntness. Praise God. He cares. <coughs> you know, sometimes the spiritual warfare is what he calls you to do. It wasn't what he was calling me to do. I was doing that to compensate for my disobedience. Maybe you are rebellious. You will do what you want to do and won't be told by anyone how to do or what to do. You will make your own rules and live by them. Stop it. Stop it. The Bible tells us that rebellion is as witchcraft. Rebellion 
as serious people. It's not just a joke, oh, I'm not doing what they tell me. <laughs> I don't really feel about that. It is serious. Rebellion is the same as witchcraft. And if that is you, then I urge you to repent. The evil, divisive spirit we are standing against at the moment will hook into your rebellion and be back in here quick smart if given half the chance. You know, I keep praying for wherever that spirit is actively trying to get back into this church that it will be exposed. So if you're giving it any um, opening, be prepared to be exposed and don't say, I didn't warn you, because that is how I am praying. That is how seriously we are taking. We, know, we must be able to notice the freedom that has come into this church. If you don't know what I'm talking about here, um, when I was away with Marilyn through a whole of, um, thing of events, we had the word of knowledge that there was a divisive spirit in this church. And as you look back over the history of this church, it was very, very evident that that was so. And so we came against it. Elders came against it. Anne and I came down here, prayed through the church. I spoke about it at family camp. And since we have broken that, since we have dealt to that, there has been such a freedom in our services. You must be able to notice it. I can notice it. The freedom is here. And we will do all that we us three, will do all that we need to do to keep that evil force out of this church. Moving on from that, remember, whatever it is that God asks us to do, he is always there with us. God doesn't send us, he goes with us. To have a heart as God does, we need to take a close look in the mirror of Jonah's life and check our heart attitude. Not for condemnation, not for being tough on ourselves, but for our freedom, for our freedom. Remember, we don't have to be perfect. That's not an excuse to not behave yourself. We don't have to be perfect to have a heart after God. We just need to give our heart fully over to him and let the Holy Spirit do the work that he is best at doing. If this morning, as I have spoken, you know you need to do some asking God for forgiveness then let me please remind you of two scriptures. The first is Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Let today be the day that you swap your guilt and shame for mercy and grace. <coughs> The other one, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What great promises. God is not waiting there with a great big stick 
saying, well, I wonder when you're going to get round to it. Whack, whack, whack. No, he is waiting for this, with this huge, big heart. He already knows what we have done, but he wants us to come to him and repent so that we know we are forgiven. In that scripture, 1 John 1, 8 and 9, we need to note who does what. We confess God forgives and God cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Love, grace and mercy from his heart to our heart. Church, never be afraid to go to God and confess he is faithful. He is just and his mercy will flow over us. And that is a good place to remind ourselves of the great act of love that has made our forgiveness available. Jesus came and he taught us how to live a new life, a life of love. His death paid for our sins and made a way for us to enter the kingdom of God. His resurrection has gained the resurrected life for us. After he arose, he appeared to many. And before he departed, he said, I will ask my Father and he will send you the Holy Spirit. Church, we don't do these things in our own strength. We can try. We can make New Year's resolutions. Oh, I'm never going to gossip again. Finished with it. This year, sorry, I bet you by the 3rd of January you've already gossiped, or at least in your heart, if not. We can't do this in our own strength. We have the Holy Spirit. Why would we try in our own strength? Just ask him for his help, his enabling because he loves us and he loves us so much he sent us Jesus. Jesus.